Welcome to Visibility Era, the podcast. We've created a community of business owners with a spiritual backbone who know that they are here to make an impact and be seen on top tier media, create relationships with high profile experts and speak on massive stages. And let's be honest, more exposure equals more money. And we are so here for that too. We're Bridget and Lydia, time to step into your Visibility Era. All right, everyone, before we hop into the episode today, we have something really cool that we have put together for the members of the Visibility on Purpose community who are authors or aspiring authors. Now, many of you may or may not know, but I have run a publishing company for the last three years, helped many, many authors get published and promote their books. Lydia has obviously been a publicist now for over a decade. And we found this really big gap when it comes to authors, right? We've written the books, we have edited books, we have published the book, we have promoted the book, and now what? Some things are starting to fall flat, or we're not selling as many copies as we wanted, we're only selling it to friends and family, and we're like, okay, how am I supposed to get this on everyone's Amazon cart and on everyone's bookshelves? We found that writers are really good at writing, but maybe they're not the best at pitching or marketing themselves. So we're doing a workshop for authors called From Author to Iconic. We'll spend 90 minutes together. We're going to talk about PR for authors, what it means, the importance of creating a personal brand, especially for your book, how to establish yourself as the face of the brand. Obviously, having a strong digital presence, especially when you're pitching yourself, is important for authors. We'll talk about what you need before pitching your book, how to highlight your book's value to gain the media exposure, and what most authors are doing wrong. It's $37. We're hosting the workshop on November 15th, so we'd love for you to join us. Look at the description of this podcast to grab your spot. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Visibility Era, the podcast. Today, we have Kelsey Foremost with us. This is a part two episode, which I'm so excited about. We went really deep into bios on the last one. This will actually be posting this week. So Kelsey, I'm just going to introduce you really fast. Great. She is the founder of Magic Words Copywriting and is an award-winning marketing expert who teaches entrepreneurs how to write words that sell without sounding salesy. She's been featured on publications like Business Insider, Refinery29, and Glamour, and has spoken at some of the top marketing conferences in the country, like Inbound and South by Southwest. But what makes Kelsey so freaking special is that she helps women find their true voice so they can feel deeply seen heard and empowered every time they need to talk about their business and then make more money in the process because that's just how it works. Right. So Kelsey, thank you so much for being back for a part two. Oh my gosh. I'm thrilled because I had to jet at the end of our last one and I feel like it was just getting good. And we started to talk about bios, but I know that for your particular audience, this is going to be really valuable, especially because, um, You've been talking a lot about authors, and that's something that I've been looking into myself because I'm working on a couple of books. And um, author bios are so tricky, especially for proposals, like if you're sending a proposal. Mm. So I wanted to call that out before we even started. Like if you are thinking of writing a book um, and, you know, take all my advice with grains of salt, like the everybody like. Anybody who tells you they have all the answers, they 
They just don't. So anytime you hear something like this, like use it as inspiration, but you're the only person who can really know what feels good to you. Um, but bios are tricky because talking about ourselves is hard. (laughs) Exactly. And sometimes we need templates or a little guidance or somebody to reflect back to us. What's kind of quote unquote important to share. Mm. So I can't wait to talk about this today. (laughs) (laughs) Watching us live. I don't know why, but my zoom has somehow like updated where when I use my hands, it like does things like that balloons. was hilarious. I know. I'm I've jealous. <laughs> I want balloons. <laughs> it's such a serious oh. call the other day. And it was just doing like hearts and check marks. And I was just like pretending like it didn't matter. It was so funny. It's oh my gosh. Technology is just hilarious. I can't. Well, I I'm here for it. Cue, <laughs> cue the balloon drop. before you know it I'm going to be that person that has like a mustache on waiting for my waiting (laughs) like that viral video of the guy who's like I'm not a cat (laughs) they were like we know (laughs) I feel like this is like like pandemic right he could take the cat filter off yeah if you guys haven't seen that this has nothing to do with business or copywriting or bios. bios But like, do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen that video, um, if you're like one of the two people in the world who haven't seen that video, it's like, man can't turn off cat filter (laughs) on Zoom. And it is truly, it needs to be in the Library of Congress. It's it's so good. It's It's like like one of the defining cultural moments. (laughs) It's like why the internet really pulls through for us sometimes. True. So true. Um, I love that you brought up book proposals um, today because I wanted to ask you what the different kinds of bios are or like where we can use them. And I didn't even yes. think about book proposals and that's something we've been talking about all week. So thank you. Oh so my what gosh. are the different kinds? Totally. So you guys will see in the show notes of the podcast um, and then maybe within your Facebook group, Lydia, but I gave Lydia a link to download an actual worksheet that will walk you through the four types of bios that like those are the baseline you gotta have them. Um, and those are social media bios, a byline or a mini bio. So that's the thing, like when it says this article was written by Lydia Bagarotza, she owns, you know, and it's like the, the one line bio at the bottom of an article that you write, or I also call that just a mini bio in case you are applying for something. Um, I also use them for introductions to book agents, my mini bio, because the shorter, the better we'll get to that. Um, the third type of bio is a podcast or speaker bio. That's what Lydia read earlier was mine. So that was a exact example. It's the thing that when somebody goes on a podcast, the host reads their speaker bio or their podcast bio at the beginning of the episode, usually. And a lot of us, myself included, have a really hard time keeping that short because we think it needs to encapsulate absolutely everything when really we need to just be like hitting the most important highlights for that audience. And then the fourth type of bio is your about page bio. That's where you really get to get a lot more personal. 
Um, it's more, it's not as formulaic. It's a little bit more, um, in your voice and it's not so much about delivering information as it is letting people get to know you. So those are the four main ones, social media, the byline or mini, the podcast speaker intro, and the about page. Those are the four main ones. Now, we're going to add a fifth one to this because um, Lydia talks to authors a lot. So I will also today try to speak to what I'm currently learning um, about author bios. And that is the bio that goes inside your book proposal. And there are a couple of different types of proposals, one for nonfiction and one for fiction. So we're really concentrating on nonfiction, um, memoir, self-help, that kind of thing. But it's helpful for people who write novels as well, because you're going to need to introduce yourself to people who have never heard of you or your work. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, these are so good. And even for us coming from a media perspective, mm -hmm. it's hard to explain because you do want to have that like big, long master bio in your about page. And then you want to be able to use that almost as like a guide for like, yeah. okay, what can I pull out? What's important for this one? What's important for that one? So, um, I would love to just like touch on the ones that my audience ask about the most. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, they ask a ton about the podcast bios. Great. Um, so I'd love for you to just like touch on those. Great. Um, and then Instagram bios are such a big one because they're like a one-liner. Everyone gets so in their heads on that. And then I love the idea of a book proposal one. So cool. I would love for us to just like kind of go through those today and yeah, yeah let's dive Great. In. I love it. So I'm actually <laughs> going to change the order up a little bit. I'm going to sure. start with social media. And okay. if you see me looking over to my left, you guys, it's because I actually have the worksheet that Lydia is going to give you. I have it pulled up on my computer so that I can like literally tell you word for word what to do. But if, if you're like, Oh my God, I need a pen. Like, don't freak out. You can download this. It's okay. So I'm going to start with social formulas because social formulas, you're limited by a number of characters. Like you mm -hmm. have to be short, right? And the reason I actually like that is structure begets freedom. If you don't have the ability to go on and on, it actually allows you to be more creative within that like shortened structure. You have to get specific, right? So what I often uh, tell people who struggle with this is start with the social bio and then use the social bio almost as the first sentence of your podcast bio. So mm -hmm. we'll get into that in a second. So let's start with social bio. So before any of this, you have to think about a couple of things. And the, the main one is like, what is the purpose of whichever bio that you are working on, right? Um, like, what are you hoping people will get from reading this bio? Do you want them to know about like a niche that you work in? Do you want to pr like present yourself as an expert? Um, are you trying to get an agent to pay attention to your writing? Like, who is the bio for? And what are you hoping they get from it, right? So for social media, 
if you're here, it's probably because you are some sort of entrepreneur or some sort of creative person who is trying to put their work out in the world and get noticed, right? This is called visibility on purpose, right? So uh, you're, you're, you're showing up because you want more eyes on your work and you want to be known for something, right? So start there. What do you want to be known for? When somebody comes to your social media bio, you want it to be so clear. What is the number one thing that you do or sell that your audience is looking for and how you, like, what's the unique way that you present that? So that's a lot to pack into 150 characters, but that's why formulas can be a really great jumping off point. So again, take all the grains of salt, like you use this. And if you hate it, don't put it up on your Instagram. There's no right or wrong way to do this. These are simply tools for to like get the juices flowing. Okay. So for social bio formulas, my number one favorite is this. I help type of person take this action in this niche. So what that looks like, I help moms on a budget, that's types of person, take an action, plan your niche, healthy kid-friendly meals, right? Or I help, uh, I help, what's a type of person, Lydia? Let's just, let's just like come up. Yeah. With okay. So we had an Ayurvedic practitioner recently. Who talked a lot about just helping people get back into balance with their bodies again. Mm. Um, so uh, let's see. I help. Mm -hmm. I help women. women. Great. But what type of women? Maybe overwhelmed women. Oh, that's burnt good. out women. Burnt out. Mm -hmm. And what type of action we're getting balanced, getting healthy. Right. So I help overwhelmed women, uh, and Ayurvedic is usually about like balancing your hormones. Is that it's right? about balance. It's like a way of life, but a lot of it is diet. Okay. Okay. So maybe it's, um, feel better, have more energy. Um, I help burnt out women get, uh, get their energy back through Ayurvedic medicine and meal planning. That's great. Right? Great. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Okay. So there's an example of like, that's that formula. I help this very specific type of person take this specific action within your niche, your expertise, like how you deliver that help. That's my number one favorite one. And usually, even if you don't use that exact wording, it'll again, like get the juices flowing because what I usually find is a lot of people struggle to find like, what's the number one way I help people. Mm -hmm. We want to list all these different things that we know how to do. And that's great. But when it comes to a bio, especially a short one, you want to highlight, like, what do you most want to be known for? Yeah. I love yeah. that you're saying this because this can also change over time. A mm -hmm. lot of our, yeah. So a lot of our clients or people that are in our visibility on purpose community, they have the same exact question. And I think what really helps us is exactly what you said. What do we want to be known for right now? And 
just having that pressure of it being okay to change us every once in a while, there might be a launch, there might be a new modality that you want to talk about, there may be a book that's coming out, and you want to highlight something really special about that book. So when we're thinking about what do we want to be known for, or what do we want to kind of position ourselves, that's when we can kind of like play with these different bios. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love what you said with what do we want to be known for right now? Because a lot of our clients do have a lot of tools in our toolkit. So that's actually a great question. What would you say to somebody that comes to you and they're like, I know what you're saying, but I just do so many different things that like, that I need to use for my work. Like, what would you tell them then to help extract that? Oh my gosh. Um, this is the most common question I get as a copywriter. (laughs) So if you haven't listened to part one, pause, go listen to part one, Mm -hmm. um, because we really talk about value propositions, I believe, and like copywriting, right. It's, it's writing to get someone to take a desired action. Um, it is the number one most common thing that I see is multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate or pivoting entrepreneurs who feel uh, deer in the headlights or verbal vomit when it comes to describing what they do. Yeah. And there's a tough love way to do it. And there's like a super sweet like therapist way to do it. But I'm just going to do the tough love. Because, yeah, let's do the tough love. Because That's we don't have therapist. much time to be, <laughs> yeah. to be therapists right now. But the tough love way is what makes you the most money? Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's I, you know, it it's not as emotional. It's not as sexy. It's not as warm. I get it. It like doesn't feel great to say that. But, um, but keep in mind, like, it doesn't have to uh, be a particular offer. It could also be like the way that you help. Yeah. Right. So um, like, I'm trying to think of an example, like, okay, you, I'll use you as an example, Lydia, like the, yes, you had a PR agency, but the thing that differentiates you is the way that you support people with the emotional side of being visible, right? That's the number one offer that you have. That's the number one reason that people will come to you for all of your offers, right? And you have a bunch. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's the kernel that ties it all together, right? So if you listener are struggling with this of like, how do I narrow it down? What is either currently the number one thing people are coming to you for, or what do you want that thing to be, right? Like get really honest. What is the number one reason? Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> right, right. And at the end of the day too, when we're thinking about these types of wording that we can use, our mm-hmm. business for most of us in yeah. this in this group of people, whoever's listening, our business is coming from an active service of some mm-hmm. kind. But when people come to buy or they're listening to us talk about our bios at the end of the day, we need to kind of highlight those bragging points or we need to highlight what they're going to get from working with us. So it right. may feel like not exactly heartfelt or coming from the heart, mm-hmm. but you know that when they get into your space, it's that's where the active service comes from. So I have mm-hmm. heard this before where maybe the outcome is make more money and people are like, 
oh my God, but yeah. I do so many different things. I help them with their trauma and I help them with their this and I help them with their that. But at the end of the day, are you really helping them make more money? Like I love even yeah. your bio, we talked about you help people make more money at the end of the day, but your true yeah. passion and purpose is to help people write words and sell without sounding salesy. Mm-hmm. So right. yeah. 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 And like there, the, the literal reason I'm here talking right now is because that is not easy. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get <laughs> not it. Easy. There's so much, um, Oh man, we could have a whole therapy session. There's so much about like worth and, um, being able to confidently speak about ourselves and our skills. It's hard. Like I get it. That's, that's why I have a job. <laughs> that's why I have a job. Yeah. I totally understand. Um, okay. I want to give another social bio formula. And by the way, again, you guys, please download this sheet, but there it's- are four, there are four formulas. I'm going to give you two here. The first one was I help type of person take this type of action in this niche. Um, and the second one is that I want to share is niche or keyword one. I'll get to that in a second. Niche or keyword one, then the product or service for your ideal customer. So this like kind of takes you out of it. This one is more like if you have a brand, okay? So niche or keyword one. So thinking about social media bios and going back to what we said originally of like, what's the purpose, right? We want to be known for something. We want people to come to us for a certain type of expertise, certain type of content. Instagram is actually a search engine. Social media is a search engine, meaning people will search for a type of content they're looking for, for a type of creator, a type of influencer, a type of expert that they are currently actively looking for. If you do not have keywords in your Instagram bio that trigger the algorithm to let those people know, hey, this person is a, um, you know, Ayurvedic medicine person, then they're never going to find you. So you actually need to think as though you are writing for a search engine, as though you are writing for Google almost. Like what are people typing in to find you? And as much as you can, put those keywords in your bio, but also in your actual name on social media. So speaking of people Mm -hmm. find me all the time on Instagram because I have Lydia Bagarosa dash publicist Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I have gotten random messages from people and I'm like, oh, like just quick question. Like, how'd you find me? Because a lot of my clients do come from referrals as well, but some of them just type in Instagram. So yes, people are actually doing this. This is so important. If you are listening today, listen up. (laughs) Don't forget this one. Write it down. It's so important. Yeah. Put it in your name and then put it in your bio also. Um, So niche or keyword one. So yours might be heart-centered publicity, right? That's your niche, your keyword. Publicity is the keyword. Your niche is heart-centered or service-based might be another one, service-based publicity. Actually, no, I'll keep it. Heart-centered publicity 
um, and then the product or, or service, um, I guess, publicity or public relations or um, what else? Uh, like author coaching courses. Yeah, media exposure, media training. Media training, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So heart-centered publicity and media training for, and then your ideal customer, service-based business owners, um, heart-centered entrepreneurs. Uh, yeah, something like that. So that would be an example of niche or keyword one type of product or service for this type of ideal customer. So those are two examples, and then we're going to move on to the podcast one, but two examples of, I also wrote down one that's, um, this is for a, a fashion influencer I worked with back in the day. Yeah. Let's hear it. It was chic outfit ideas for women who never know what to wear. So, so good. I'm right. It's short, but it, <laughs> you immediately like, you're like, oh my God, I never know what to wear. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a, that one really focuses on the ideal customer and like, what are they looking for? And again, it's very, it's like brand versus person uh, or versus individual. So right. kind of two flavors of two flavors of the same dish. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Are we, are we good to move on to podcast? Yeah, this is fantastic. Okay. I'm great. so excited for everybody to listen to the social media one. It's like the one that everyone's like, okay, we have like the web, if, if they do this, right. They have mm -hmm. the website, they'll work on one for the podcast, but I feel like Instagram kind of falls on the wayside or we forget about it sometimes. Like we mm -hmm. made this bio 10 years ago and we're like, oh yeah, what does it say? Like, we just have no idea. So this is great for a facelift type of situation. Yeah, and that's so true. And, you know, I even had the thought while I was getting ready for this of like, I should probably do another bio update because, you know, my offers have slightly changed and this business has evolved over the course of a year. And um, I also had a launch recently. And when this is, uh, you mentioned this earlier, like, when you have a launch, sometimes you have to change your bio to be about the product or like that moment in time, which is great, but like, don't forget to change it back. And, and you maybe right. use that opportunity as a, as I'm going to do, um, as a time to refresh. Okay. Podcast slash speaker bio formulas. I'm gonna say something really hard. Three sentences maximum, which sounds short, but sentences can be long. Two, like maybe two paragraphs. Here's a really good test for if your podcast intro is too long. Okay. Have your roommate, partner, friend read it out loud to you and see where you start to get uncomfortable. That's such a good test. So good. So the worst. It's yeah. the worst. Well, here's the thing. I mean, when we actually get invited on the shows or we get invited on the panels and then someone's reading back our bio, nine out of 10, they're not going to customize it. I mean, every once in a while they do, 
but it depends on who it is. So a lot of the times, because it's easy, they're just going to read it. And if they end up going on like a 10 minute tangent about you and you have to sit there and be like, oh my God, I have to listen to this. This is so awkward. Like it's not going to feel good. So this is such a good test. Yeah. And then you're a ball of anxiety when they actually start the conversation, which is the worst place to be in, especially if you're not yet hundred percent comfortable, like being interviewed. Totally. Um, if you're new to the game, it's it, your bio can really set the tone. So think about that. Um, ha- have that, you know, put a pin in that second thing I want to say. And this is for all copywriting, but definitely in this case, there are two people who sit down at the computer every time you go to write something. One is the copywriter and one is the asshole editor. When you are writing, the asshole editor is not allowed in the room. Leave them outside. Your copywriter is your sweet, warm, gooey, creative like little kid, like just have all the compassion in the world. Let them verbal vomit, let them finger paint, let them throw shit at the wall, make it too long. Go ahead and just all over your keyboard. (laughs) Then leave it. Go take a break for however long could be five minutes, could be five days. Doesn't matter. I usually like to take about a half hour and maybe like a bonus points if I go outside, <laughs> like screen break, true screen break. Um, but you know, that's like my, my ideal, most Zen self. Honestly, I do the same thing in between everything. I'm just in between, oh, if I have a long day of calls, it's like yeah. run outside and like stare at nature for a few minutes and then we mm-hmm. can come back in. It's so good yeah. for a reset. So side it's note. So good. <laughs> no, it's so true. Well, and it'll, what it does is it allows your, um, I forget the actual science of this. So mm. forgive me, I am not an expert, but there is something, uh, that happens like your brain processes things when you are in rest. Um, but also when you are in like, I, God, I wish I could remember the, the phrase, but like sometimes doing things like folding laundry, or cooking dinner. Like there's this like churning process that's actually happening in the background that cannot happen if you're actively like in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I was actually talking about this a few days ago, how sometimes lately I've been not really going to my like my like mastermind calls and actually listening to them afterwards, like listening Mm -hmm. to the replays. And this is just like the season that I'm in right now, but listening to the replays in the mornings when I'm getting ready for work or when I'm making coffee or doing the dishes and Mm -hmm. there's something happening where I'm processing so much easier. And there is a scientific reason behind this that I also heard on a podcast from (laughs) someone who has real credentials here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like definitely, if this is interesting to you, look up the actual science, like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a real thing. mm -hmm, Yes, it is. It is a thing. Um, So the point being like, especially if it's something that makes you nervous, just like a lot of people who come to me are nervous about writing. Um, they're nervous about speaking about themselves. Uh, they feel again, that deer in the headlights or that verbal vomit. And that's normal. Like 
you, not everybody feels like immediately first draft is like a plus gold star ready to ship ever. Like that never happens. Not for like, you know, Pulitzer prize winning people. Like that never happens. The first draft is never the one. So verbal vomit, take a break, bonus points if you go outside or like do something that allows your brain to do that processing. And then when you're ready, come back to it. And then your editor is allowed to sit there and be an asshole then and only then. And when I say be an asshole, I mean, be critical to the point of killing your darlings. That's like a, a um, author phrase, meaning like you might think that this scene is incredible. It's some of the best work you've ever written, but it doesn't serve the story and you have to cut it because it doesn't serve the story, right? Like that's the asshole editor who's like, is this presenting you in the best possible way? Is this doing what it needs to, doing what needs to get done in the context that we're talking about with a bio? Like, is this necessary? Is this absolutely necessary for people to understand who you are and how you help? If it is not absolutely necessary, it needs to get cut. So, what I like to do in these cases is go through with a physical highlighter because listen, your bio, like this bio is a big deal. Like not to put a bunch of extra pressure on you, but this bio, like getting it right is actually quite important Mm -hmm. because it's going to get repeated a lot, which means it's going to be what you become known for. Right. So, you know, take, take it seriously. (laughs) Take don't it seriously. Like, yeah, like don't just throw something on the page and be like, eh, here's my bio, I guess. Um, it's an opportunity, I should say. It's an opportunity to like really crystallize um your expertise in the in the field because it's gonna get repeated a lot. So what I like to do is verbal vomit, physically print it out if you have access to a printer, physically take a highlighter or a pen and underline only the most important pieces, take those gold nuggets out and make that the basis for your bio. Um, I do this on (laughs) sidebar. I do this on websites with reviews and testimonials all the time. I call it review mining. Like you can usually find keywords and phrases that come up again and again, and it gives you clues as to what your audience loves. Um, about you and how you work and what you do. But in the case of the bio, you just, you really want to hone in on those gold nuggets. So coming back, reining myself in, there is a formula in the worksheet that Lydia is going to put in the show notes. And it is the following. You are going to use the same information that you used in your social bio to help you start to get these juices flowing. Okay. So here's, here's how it goes. Your name founder slash creator of your company is how you describe yourself. We'll get meaning your title. We'll get to that in a second. Who, who you help and how you help them. That is the number one. Like if, if you have nothing else, that could be enough. That's, that could be everything right there. Your name, founder, creator of your company is your title, who, who you help and how you help them. 
So what that looks like, we literally, Lydia literally read mine at the top of this. Kelsey Foremost, founder of Magic Words Copywriting, is how I describe myself. An award-winning marketing expert and mental health advocate, that's my title, who, and then who I help and how I help them, helps entrepreneurs write words that sell without sounding salesy. If she just read that, that is my core bio. She could stop there and we'd be fine. Use that formula, even just that first sentence and do like five versions of it until you get to one that feels really good. And then if you're feeling peppy and like you want to include some more stuff, you could go on. She, he, they have been featured in this, trusted by this, won this award, some sort of social proof that is like, this chick is an expert. Then end with the most desired result of working with you. So when you think about the podcast bio, this is the mic drop moment of like the last thing people are going to hear before you start talking. It's sort of like the button on the end of your first impression. So think about what are, what is the most desired result of working with me? So mine is feeling seen, heard, and empowered every time you need to talk about your business and also, yeah, make more money in the process, right? It's the most desired result when people come to me is they want both. They want to feel confident and they also want to make more money. So that's why my bio ends with that. Make sense? So good. I would love to. So good. Oh my goodness. Everyone's going to get so much out of this. So something I want to highlight when you were talking about word vomiting, getting it ready for the editor, talking to your copywriter, that whole process. Um, I really just want to stress, and I think we touched on this in the last episode, but getting something down and just moving forward and having it be good enough is better Mm. than nothing at all. And I feel like a lot of us get into paralysis mode and we can, Mm. here's the thing. We can play with words all day. There's like an infinite number of words, right? We can always plug and play. Something may feel good today. And then tomorrow it's like, oh, actually this word really holds a vibration of like what I want. Mm. But at the end of the day, just getting started and having something for now is great. So I just want to mention that. And then here's a question for you and something we get a lot. And I want to say this is kind of, it it might be other industries, but in the spiritual and wellness community, Mm. we do get um, a lot of business owners that come to us and they get a little creative with their titles. And Uh. so, yes. And so (laughs) I would love to hear from you what your response would be to somebody who gets caught in the title paralysis or getting creative with this. Um, this is something we do see a lot. Yeah. Clear over clever every time. Here's why. Here's why I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I don't want to diminish anybody's creativity. However, you are a business person in order to have your business be successful, you have to be clearly communicating why people should pay you. And especially in 
a service-based spiritual world where I'm really sorry to say it, there can be some not uh, super ethical or like responsible, I guess might be a word, Mm -hmm. folks being clear about your title, being clear about your service is a way that you can communicate your ethics. Yeah. So um, it's both. And it is, in my opinion, um, I also have a lot of compassion for it because I understand how shitty it feels to be like shoved in a box that doesn't fit. I completely get it. However, when you have a really, like the, there is a place for that. I want to say that, um, the place for that is your about page. Totally. The place for that is your email list. The place for that is the content that goes on social media, like your actual posts, your stories, the things that you put up, like that's where you can let your creativity flow and shine and not really need to edit yourself in the same way. But when you're talking about the way that you are communicating who you are in the world, keep in mind, you are letting people know who like genuinely need your help, that you're the right person to help them. If I'm looking for an energy healer, if I feel that something is off with my energy, then that's what I'm going to be searching for. And if you're a wonderful energy healer, but you are not clearly communicating that that's what you do, then I'm going to miss you. And my life is going to be sadder for it. So there's a person that you could have helped that is missing you because you haven't communicated clearly in your title. And that's a bummer. That's a really big bummer, right? So when you are naming your title, um, think about how, again, like come back to what we said earlier, like what is somebody who really needs your service, typing in the search bar to find you. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great way to think about it because we also want to have identifying factors like Mm -hmm. what you're mentioning. Um, If we come up with this really creative title that might feel good to us, but our ideal audience members can't figure out what that is or our ideal customers can't identify what it is that you do. It's not going to be of service to you at the end of the day. So we want to make sure that even if it might feel like a little boring (laughs) that we kind of go along with those titles and then we can express our creativity in the about page in other ways, in the interview itself. Right. So I love the way that you said this in our books, like wherever it is that we're expressing our creativity. And also I want to just touch on legality. (laughs) This is a random one, but I have actually seen it quite a few times. I saw somebody, there was like a past client of mine when I first started my business and she had a title as like something cute. It was like something having to do with energy work. I forget, but it was like energy doctor. And Mm -hmm. we don't want to be using doctor if you don't actually have a degree in that sense, because when we do get to a point where we are bigger and we're having those big interviews, that could be a legal issue. I've heard somebody recently call themselves 
a therapist and they're not legally a therapist. Yeah. Um, and it was like spiritual therapist or something like that. And so we just want to be mindful of legalities. Maybe our ideal customer can understand what that means, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, we also just want to make sure that we're protecting ourselves too. So yeah. something random that I want to mention about titles. No, that's so true. Um, actually just yesterday, my partner said something that made me go like, oh yeah, that's important. The difference between licensed and certified. Ooh, um, yes. Let's talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just, which do you have? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that is true because when we're thinking about, um, trauma informed, are we certified? Are we licensed for therapy? Yeah. Um, all of those titles are really important, uh, yeah. even down to like, you know, th there's just so many things that we're doing in the self-help or self-development spaces that yeah. those titles are going to help us and are also really important to share. Mm -hmm. Um, also I had a client that, um, is a physical therapist and she's currently a licensed physical therapist mm -hmm. and she could be somebody that was a physical therapist and isn't currently licensed. And so we want to just think about those things. Those are super, super important. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And if you guys want some inspiration for words that are totally legal, some favorites of mine, expert, mentor, guide. Love them. Expert being my number one, because, you know, of course, like, don't say you're an expert if you're not, but at right. the same time, like <laughs> there's, um, people come immediately understand what that means. It means you have expertise in this thing. It means you have, you know, more than the average bear about this thing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, that's what mine is, right. Copywriting expert. I'm not a copywriting coach. I'm not, um, like I there's, there's nuance there with titles. Totally. You need, if you need some guidance, um, type expert into thesaurus.com, see what happens. Mm -hmm. And there <laughs> sometimes is a self-worth piece that comes along with writing bios. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a client of ours in, um, one of our rounds of visibility on purpose. And she had some like crazy, amazing credentials that she never told us about. <laughs> we went through this like whole program. And at the end she was like, oh yeah, I um, helped like blah, blah, blah. I, her business had to do with helping women of minorities get these really high paying jobs and um, getting like IT jobs for corporate. It was really, really cool what wow. she does. Yeah. And bravo. so she, bravo. And so she had almost all of her clients, I think it was like I think like 95% of them or something had landed jobs at the top companies in the world, like Google and like the, it just it crazy numbers, crazy statistics mm -hmm. she could name drop them because they're all true. And they were on her, like they were in her like proposals, not on the website. There was like something where she hadn't shared this with us. So, mm -hmm. and then when we reflected back to her that this was a really big deal, it was then that she realized that this was a really big deal. So it was beautiful to see how humble she was, but also I think there's two pieces to this. It's like being humble, self-worth. I see this a lot in women where we don't really talk about what amazing things we actually offer our mm -hmm. quote unquote bragging points. So mm -hmm. is there anything that you, uh, and I'm sure this might even be in, in our 
in the bio worksheet, but is there anything that you tell your clients when they might not be able to see those really big details that should be shared? Mm, Yeah. I come back to social proof, which is anywhere that somebody else has applauded you, your skills, Mm. your um, results that you were able to get for them, whatever it is. Um, Social proof also can be like literally anywhere, any person, any publication, whatever that has shared your words or your expertise. So mine is what you said earlier in the bio about um, where my words have been featured, right? Business Insider, Refinery29, et cetera. And um, a lot of times we kind of forget. And so I actually have a publicity uh, and praise tracker that I keep, um, in Google drive. And it's literally just like facts of things I've done or like a quote that somebody said, like a snippet, um, or a podcast that I was on because you never know. And I just have it. And I don't like, it's not precious or anything. Like it's not, it's not supposed to go anywhere. It's just like, so that I'm, so that I remember, like 8,000 people have enrolled in copy class is one where I'm like, oh yeah, whoa, damn. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's like, that's like in the thousands, like almost 10,000. That's crazy, Kelsey. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, I'll get a love note from a student who's like, oh my God, I finally started my email list because I felt like I could, like that is also social proof. Um, Like it doesn't have to be like don't undervalue if you don't have like big fancy numbers or you haven't been in a big publication like business insider that doesn't mean you don't have social proof right um think about love notes that you've gotten from past clients or students think about things you were particularly proud of or like creator of x program um there's lots of different ways that you can communicate social proof in a way that feels authentic and truthful and accurate and not braggy. Yeah. 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 I love what you said about looking at the reviews. I tell my clients to do this all the time too. It's like, if you need some inspiration, go to your reviews and just read through them. Odds are number one, they're going to communicate very similar um, language that you can use in your bio, which is what you mentioned, but also they might actually communicate back to you bragging points that you can use. I call them bragging points, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever they're the way that I communicate it, but they can again, present itself in so many ways. It can be statistics. It can be that you worked with a celebrity. It can be that you were on a publication. It can be that you had 8,000 people join your program. It can be presented in a lot of different ways. And it can also be presented in an emotional sense too, of somebody just saying like, bragging points, like being very gentle with X, Y, and Z, like whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So I love that you're sharing this because this is a really important piece when we're talking about bios, like we want to be able to brag about ourselves in a really beautiful way. I talk about it as like almost highlighting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that we can really just communicate our value. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And also before we before we move on or before we wrap, I do want, I'm remembering now that we said we would talk about author. 
Yeah, violent. let's talk. Okay, so let's pivot to author. And- because that is an important piece of um, like pitching agents or pitching public or publishers is exactly what you're talking about, right? This bragging, bragging points thing, yeah. which sorry to say it, like publishing is a struggling industry. And in order to have a successful pitch, at least this is what has been communicated to me. I do not have an agent yet um, or a publisher. I'm still working on my stuff, but you have to be able to show that you can make the publisher money. Like this is so good. This is like probably the number one question, Kelsey, I've been getting in the past like three to four months. It's like everyone comes to me and they're like, okay, well, I want to get ready for when it's time to approach an agent or get a book deal. So yeah, please, whatever you'd like to share would be very helpful. So my hunch is that most people in this community are writing books that are of the self-help or memoir variety would be my my hunch. Okay, great. Same, same. (laughs) Same, same. We're with our crew. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay. So if you haven't looked up what a proposal looks like for a memoir or for a nonfiction book, do that. Um, There are many resources for this, but I, um, the part that was the hardest for me to put together was the author bio and the, um, uh, like the uh, potential promotions. Mm. So a big piece of putting together this packet that you send, right? So when you, when you are pitching a nonfiction or a memoir, you don't just send the book, you send this long ass proposal. It's usually like 50 plus pages, right? And it's an intro of the book. Um, You have to show like that there's an audience for this book, who's ready to spend money on another book in this category. Um, And again, like you could self-publish and save yourself the trouble, like go with God, do it. But, (laughs) But this is if you are looking for like a traditional publisher, which I am in the middle of doing like, you know, you have to take it in waves. Like it's not for the faint of heart and, um, it'll check your ego real fast. So, um, the bio piece is a place where it is not so much about your business, but it's about how it's about your publicity. It's about your audience, like showing that, you have access to eyeballs who are going to want to read your work. And that can feel really intimidating. And I want to call that out. Certainly felt intimidating to me, even as somebody who has like, you know, not a small amount of followers on social media and a pretty good email list. Like I'm not Glennon Doyle. Like, you know, it can feel very like, oh, is, is this enough? There's really have to take care of your, of your, um, mental health in these moments, but essentially your bio in this case for authors in a proposal, the thing that you're trying to communicate isn't just your expertise in the topic. It is how many eyeballs you have access to. So do you have a podcast? Have you been on other people's podcasts that you could go on again? 
Um, have you like worked with a celebrity, as Lydia said? Have you, is there a quote from said celebrity who you worked with? I have one mm. from a screenwriter who I worked with. Um, and then you can get into the, like, the piece that you're working on, like why you're working on this type of book, maybe like a little bit about your story of like when so-and-so like experienced this dark night of the soul rock bottom, they started thinking about this, which led me to create this book. Um, or as a, this type of expert, the most, uh, the question I get asked the most is this, which is, uh, instead of individually answering it, I decided to write this book to answer the masses. So something like that, where you're communicating both like the reason that you're writing this, but also communicating that there's an audience that cares at the same time, which is like slightly different than what we talked about with like the podcast bio, where essentially you're just very clearly being like, this is, uh, who, this is my, title, this is who I help and this is how I help them. And here's a little bit of social proof and the most desired result of working with me. Totally different than like, here's my message and here is proof that there's an audience that wants to consume that message. Gosh, Makes sense. This is so, this is so fantastic. So <laughs> question, no, I mean, it's, it feels heavy, but it also is really, really educational because you're being so honest about it. It's I mean, real. It sucks. Like I, I, I don't know, I know. I'm like, get the win. but it's no, it is. It is you great know. because it's, there are natural steps sometimes that need to be taken before we yeah. get to X, Y, and Z, which mm-hmm. can t- definitely be humbling. And I know what you mean by like thinking about the audience, but now I, I know that there are a lot of people in our audience that really want to potentially get to that point where they can work with a publisher. And I know this is like a pipe dream for a lot of people or it's on their bucket list. So this is really amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that about the bio. Yeah. And for, yeah, and for somebody who is looking to maybe do this down the road, how mm. would you best prepare them or help them? Because I have seen a lot of writers that, it's funny because a lot of writers, like what I have personally seen is that they are, they love to create and be behind the scenes. And then they create this beautiful piece of art, self-development book, self-help, book, whatever. And then they get to the place where they're like, oh my gosh, I need to share it. Now I need to get the visibility and they'll come to us and, you know, this is like the beauty of it, right? We get to help people with their visibility, but what would you say would be great steps for them to take when they want to eventually get to that point. Yeah. Okay. So like all the grains of salt in the world, you guys, I yeah. am not a published author. <laughs> um, but we're I working do, on it actively. You know, like, I just, I really want to be clear that like, totally. this is not my personal zone of genius. However, I am in the middle of that world right now. And I am happy to share resources that I have found helpful. Um, and advice that I have heard from people who are published authors, who I have, you know, spoken with or reached out for mentorship, et cetera. Um, I do have my best friend, uh, has a book coming out next summer with Flatiron. It is a like top publisher and 
the deal was insane. Like when I heard the number, my jaw hit the floor. She's a first time author. Like there's so many things that you just cannot predict. It actually really reminds me in many ways of my time as an actress, by the way, everybody, I used to be an actress, (laughs) Um, which I think we talked about in episode one, but yeah, we did. Um, where you have to let go of any idea or like um, false idea that you are in control of this. Um, You can do your best work and like, you know, try to boost in a myriad of ways, but there's no like one path that's going to guarantee that you're going to get a $500,000 book deal with a top five publisher doesn't exist. Um, there are people with millions of Instagram followers who don't get that deal. And there are people with zero who don't have Instagram and who have never written a book before who do get that deal. So Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like, there's no one path to follow. Otherwise everybody would follow it. Okay. (laughs) That said, here are some things that I have heard from other people who have achieved this dream that they have found helpful. The number one way is to build an audience before you release the book. And some ways that people do that are by creating a Substack, paid or unpaid. If you don't know what Substack is, it's essentially like a gated blog where uh, a newsletter app Um, It really has gained a lot of traction this year, Um, especially great if you hate social media. If you are an author who really likes to write, but you are not a social media person, Substack might be a really great resource for you, building an audience of readers that way. Another way that people um, build up these audiences are like social media, uh, especially if you are writing a book about a particular expertise or niche, thinking about like upping your content, getting brand, uh, or not brand, um, getting, uh, podcasts, just like stuff that Lydia will help you with <laughs> like publicity, right. Just get your, build your following that way. Um, and ramp up for like a year. It takes that long. Another um, hilariously cute uh, sentence is have a viral, um, have a viral moment, have a viral essay. Um, Hilarious, because like, again, if we could follow that path, we'd all be following it. Um, But it is the number one way that I have heard of people getting book deals who are first time authors. There is a fantastic book, hold please. I literally have it here with my little um, modern love uh, manifestation thing. This book is called The Byline Bible. It is by Susan Shapiro. She has a class that I have not personally taken, but I have heard incredible things about. A byline is like a personal essay that uh, goes out in the world. So I have a few personal essays one of which did go viral, um, about fertility of all things. Um, and it's like when you write a snapshot, uh, like at personal essay, think piece, like some sort of byline that a publication that has a lot of eyeballs on it. Um, and 
has, you know, social proof behind it. Uh, they basically say like, this writing is good enough to put on our website. The more bylines that you have, especially if you're looking for an agent, the better. This is what I have heard. Again, all the grains of salt. I don't have an agent. Um, but when I got the most nibbles was when I had a uh, an essay on Shondaland over the summer that was being featured by Shondaland on going gray. Um, point being, it's about building an audience. So that's why it's great that you are here with Lydia because she can help you do that. It's just about, you know, taking about a year to build an audience who wants to hear from you about a specific topic and using that audience as proof to agents, to publishers that people want to read your thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, and if that sounds like absolutely horrible, can't do it, then spend a lot of time looking at comps, which means um, comparables, people who are people who speak on similar topics to you look for Amazon reviews of books that you think are, of course, nobody's going to be your book. Nobody's going to say it the way you say it, but look for really successful um, books in your niche books in that category. So you can show like, Hey, you know, I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy was on the bestseller list for this many weeks and sold this many million copies. Like that's the closest to my memoir. Um, also, what a title. Jeez. Seriously. Uh, right. It'll make you, it'll make you want to read the back. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I, is that, is that good? That was, <laughs> that was really good. Really good. What I'm hearing is that there's no one size fits all. There are a lot of different avenues and strategies, but you should have a strategy in place. If this is a goal, like anything, right. You yeah. want to just take some steps towards it. So um, what Kelsey said, she provided so many amazing ideas, options, resources, definitely get that book. Also that book cover was really beautiful. Side Isn't note. it cool cover? I know it makes a difference. Also, if you want inspiration for author bios, just read the backs of books <laughs> or we could read yeah, the backs of books. Look at the books that you like. <laughs> yeah. Look at the books that you like and look at the, especially hard covers. Look at the little flap that you see. Yeah. And- like copy the structure. That's a great idea. Great <laughs> idea. Yeah. So yeah, there's no one size fits all for when it comes to book proposals and getting yourself out there. And I love that you mentioned other ways outside of social media. I, I've been hearing so much about Substack. We've been thinking about moving over to Substack actually, just because we love to write and we love content. And that's where we can just go ramble about our nerdy topics. So yeah. <laughs> we might go over there. Yeah. Anyway. This was awesome. Kelsey, thank you so much for your wisdom. We truly appreciate it. So where I actually, we had a lot of conversations going live on Facebook with this interview. So thank you so much. I know we, we, it, typically we go a little bit shorter, but it's so, it was so good. So, and we had a lot of activity. Um, so feel free to pop in there, but I did put yeah. your workshop at the top right in there. So we probably had some people following along. If you're listening to us on the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, we will have it in the show notes, get into Kelsey's world. She is not only 
a super kind person. She's a genius and her written work is just so incredible. Just me as a consumer, I really love what it is that you oh, do. Oh, shucks. So. Thanks. Thank you. Where can everybody find you, connect with you? What do you have going on right now that can help our audience members or yours? Oh my gosh. That's very exciting. Okay. So two places. One, if you want to read any of these bylines, like these essays, if that's something that's helpful to you, you can find them at kelseyformos.com slash press. So I put my favorite bylines and especially the couple of viral personal essays because I am trying actively to find an agent. So I need somewhere to send them. Um, steal, steal it, steal my structure, steal, <laughs> steal away. Um, kelseyformos.com slash press. And, uh, the other place that I would send you is, um, the place that I am really finding the most value, uh, is my membership. So I have a membership called BYOB, which stands for build your own business. And in it, we talk about a lot of stuff like this, honestly, where we focus on one needle moving aspect of building a small business every single month. And the reason I focus on one topic a month is because I find that if there's too much information, I don't do any of it. But if someone gives me one task and a finite enough time in which to get that task done without putting too much pressure and overwhelm on me, I'm way more likely to do the thing. So BYOB, it actually, uh, November content opens today, November 6th. The content resets the first Monday of every month. And this month is all about nurturing an email list after a welcome sequence. So basically you've got people on your email list. Now what? That's the topic of this month. Um, December is very likely going to be about chat GPT, which a lot of people have been asking me about. Um, AI <laughs> is coming up in December. Um, and it's, you know, join anytime, cancel anytime, and I will say like, you can't access past months when you're in it. So if you're at all interested in a monthly topic, I highly recommend like you get in before the end of the month. So if you have questions about it, let me know. I am very, I'm an open book. I'm very happy to answer any questions, but you can find information about that at kelseyformost.com slash membership. And then finally, if you want to hang out with me on Instagram, uh, my Instagram is at Kelsey.writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. And it's a mixture of copywriting tips, small business tips, and like funny videos of me and my partner <laughs> dancing. My favorite, my favorite video right now is um, my partner had never seen Hocus Pocus. And so I filmed him while we were watching it and put together an edit of his reactions watching hocus pocus so like that's the flavor of my instagram I'm like you'll get copywriting tips but you'll also get really funny videos. you guys are like my favorite couple on the internet i love watching <laughs> it thank it's you so much fun okay. we joke sometimes that we should have an only fans except like it's not at all like it's not at all about like you know sexy stuff it's more it's like us being us being stand-up comedians for each other all day. <laughs> I would I would actually enter into OnlyFans if you guys created that page. Oh no, no, it's just my friends being comedians. No, no, no. It's yeah. nothing like that. 
It's just <laughs> us telling perpetual fart jokes till the end of time. Who doesn't love that? Anyways, <laughs> Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Visibility Era. This has been beautiful. Thanks so much for having me, Lydia. See you next time, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow along with us on Instagram at Visibility on Purpose or jump into our free Facebook community. It's called Visibility on Purpose Community. Please give us a five-star review, rate us, write us a little comment if you feel so inclined. We are so grateful to have you here on this journey with us.